He's right here in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And a hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. And you're very welcome along to Off the Brawl on Off the Ball after a small summer hiatus. Andy Lee, long time no see. I'm back. How are you? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I enjoyed the rest. It does feel like the boxing calendar is getting a lot more extended. You see, oh, I, I don't. I, this this season. You used to get like never seasonal. Right? I think there was like a gentleman's agreement between the English promoters. Anywhere I was like, yeah, definitely. We'll take during July off. It's an English thing, yeah. yeah. In America, it's all year round. So I never really got into the seasonal. They tend to like slate their stuff in between big college and NFL and NBA, so like the summer wouldn't normally be quiet for them anyway. But, but it's good to be back. It's good to have Phil back. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's great to see you. Phil. Last, yeah. oh, it's the last time I was in with you. I think it was we were getting ready for Dilly and White. Yes, Oscar. <laughs> I was going to ask you. So a lot happened when you were away. What's yeah. the most surprising news when you came home? You were like, that happened. Um, so obviously, Jason Quigley was beaten when you were away. Actually, I was on the way to the airport watching that. Oh, right. So I had the app on my phone, I was able to watch it. And I was on the, the air coach with my wife. She's like, what are you watching? I was like, it's Jason Quigley. It's remember, because my wife is from Ackle. I was like, remember the guy that oh, came yeah. to Ackle a few years ago and spoke so brilliantly in front of the room? That's him there. And so how's he doing? I was like, he started well, but I actually think he's going to lose this fight. You could see after a few rounds that it was going against him. So that was... That's when I left, and then I think I was I was still so the white Rivas was on that weekend. I still haven't watched it back, but uh, there was obviously a big fallout from that one. Yeah, still hasn't been cleared up actually. That's dedication, Andy. Even on his holidays, he's going watching fights in the taxi. That's the dedication I like. We we, we expect nothing less. I know. After brawl, high standards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, to be honest, I would have gone somewhere to try and watch uh, White and Rivas. But what's the one. latest on Dillian White now? Because it's been a few conflicting things going around, hasn't he? Yeah, so this kind of went quiet there, quiet for a while. Mm. The thing about the B sample, like pe that gets thrown around a lot, but the B sample is the same substance, it's the same mm. test, so they hardly ever come back with a different outcome. I think it's more, it's a legal case he's involved in now, and the, the hearing is going to be in the autumn time, October, no November, so it's going to rumble on. But as you said, it has gone quite quiet, which is ideal for him and for, for Matchroom, really, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I missed one of I missed Pacquiao. Frampton and the ornament. I was. No, I was <laughs> it's been a few weeks. I was back for that. Yeah, right, yeah, back. I was back for that. Frampton, uh, seemingly, and Colin fighting on the same card. The uh, Terence Crawford uh, return. Would be a fantastic, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, stepped up in class for both of them. Frampton relative to who he's going to fight, and then Colin. They're talking about Isaac Dagbo mm. for Conlon. What do you think yeah. of that? It's a tough fight. Tough, tough fight. Yeah. Delete, delete. And, a, and a step down in weight too so uh, two things to do with, which you've been talking about for a while yeah I think he, he's skilled enough to handle it um, but it will be a, compared to what he has fought it will be a big jump but not one he's not incapable of doing yeah 
You were back for that card as well, weren't you, Phil? Michael Collins returned. Just back. I actually I got back late Friday night, and I had kind of tied with going there, but I was out. I was out west actually. And we I, could I was have collected you at the airport. On the yeah, way. that would have been was a sign for me. I always <laughs> wanted to be one of those people. But uh, yeah, it looked looked like a great night. It was a good night. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, was it, it was raining, wasn't it? Kind of towards the end for Collins' fight. Yeah, but it was kind of a cool evening, wasn't it? Anyway. But it was a great card stacked, like from first fight to the last fight, it was Dirola in the Tainan. Yeah, and since we were last on, Luke Keeler has signed to fight Conor McGregor, and then that fight's already off, so. Uh, yeah, his performance never really is brilliant, yeah. yeah. So, like, all the talk is Andre on St. Patrick's weekend, and that would be amazing. So, let's fingers crossed for Luke. Um, speaking of Luke, we'll get to Luke Campbell and Lamachenko this weekend, that's the only show in town, really. But should look back at the weekend that was on a. Strange card in Russia, but a, a good main event. And Anthony Yard, we talk about levels all the time, and he jumped up a series of levels. He was going from League One level to Champions League almost, and he held he held his own without without really threatening the case until that incredible eighth round. What do you think, Andy? Top line thoughts on the whole thing? I thought it was a remarkable achievement for him to go in there and compete, considering he's had what twelve amateur fights and in that up to that point eighteen pro fights. And um, to go in there and, and be in the fight and compete, and I think like and how, uh, people were impressed with this, the eighth round, but the seventh round as well. He really set, you know, started that kind of yeah, shift in momentum. He landed the body shots in the seventh. Just started walking forward. Why did it take so long for him? Yeah. Because he's for all these reasons, inexperienced, never competed against anybody or anybody on that level, and. He's actually learning as he's fighting. And you can see the style he has with the pad work with uh, Tunde, the controversial Tunde. We can get around here in a minute, but they don't spar. They're, I was listening to interviews, he doesn't spar. That's, like, that's, that's mad, though, isn't it? I can understand it in a way, but I, you have to do, you have to mix in one, at least one or two tough 12 round spars just to taste that, just to have a little taste of feel of what it's like. But apparently, they don't spar with anybody. Or do any really hard sparring, and I can understand it in terms of saving your fight or not taking punishment yeah. and being burnt, like leaving it in the gym. But there has to be some of it, and so he was he was learning as he was fighting, as I said, and you can see that the basis of their training is all on flashy pad work, and it was actually his downfall in a way because um, they do a lot of catching counter shoulder roll um, pad work. So, and um, any feint that Kovalev threw, he was looking to parry and counter it. Just a feint, because he hadn't sparred anyone. He couldn't. Those instincts you build up from sparring, where you can see the difference between a feint and actually what's coming at you. There's only a split second of difference, but you build them up in sparring. So he was picking every. He was trying to catch every feint and leave himself completely open. Um, and also the pad work they do, they don't move their legs. They just stand in one spot. Fifty punches looks great. Looks a great little shot. Lines in the camp. But they don't move the legs. And you could see he couldn't move his legs and punch at the same time. So he had to be set, be plot. And all Kovalev did was box him like an amateur and just use straight punches more so than. and break him down, you know. But he, he started, like, he started, like, from his own, whatever it is, I would say from his own desire, his own instincts, he started to learn as he was in the fight. And, he, and I think it was around, around six or five or six, he started to walk forward and just started to take, take, take his head move his head as he walked forward and then punch when he got close to him and it's round seven to the body and he nearly got him in round eight um, 
But then he was spent. And it's interesting because there's, there's been this thing released from BT Sports, the corner cam. Have you seen that? Did you see this? this yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the it's talking buddy. about your buddy in the corner and Tunde in the corner. And what, what instructions they give to each fighter after each round, so as the, as the fight progressed. And after the seventh round, um, Yard goes back to his corner and Tunde says, Empty the tank, empty the tank, stop in this round, stop in this round. And credit to him, he went out there and did it and tried it. And he emptied the tank. But he couldn't, didn't get him out of there. Didn't get Kovalev out of there. On the other hand, Kovalev goes after that seventh round. Kovalev goes back to his corner and Buddy McGirt, with the probably in the back of his mind with that. Um, the Dashev. Yeah, Dadashev, uh losing his life. You yeah, know, so, tragedy yeah. in the back of his mind says to Kovalev, "I'm going to stop you if you take any more heavy shots like that. I'm going to pull it out." That was after the eighth. That was after the eighth. Yeah. So there's two consecutive rounds here. And what's left is one fighter almost spent because he's taken a lot of punishment. One fighter completely spent because he's given a lot of punishment. And it's the psychology of the coach and in the corner. Um, does, is Buddy McGirt actually genuine saying that he's going to stop in there or is he looking for a response from Kovalev? You know, that's... And if either way, if, we're, if, he, doesn't, if he doesn't respond, then he's right to take him out of there. But if he does respond, then it's perfect for Buddy McGirt. And... The following round, he comes back and and he just weathers a storm. And it's uh, I've said it before. We've seen it several times with young fighters as well. When when they haven't got that experience, when they give give it their all in a round and almost have their man out of there, but their opponent survives it and then comes back, it breaks your heart. Completely breaks your heart. And that's that that was like yards. You know, his big effort was all for nothing because the following round, Kovalev comes out and gets back to boxing and, and starts, to, starts to chip away again. Yeah. And by round 10, he was completely spent. But you have to say, Buddy McGirt's looking very... Like, not that he's... Like, that was a great performance by Buddy McGirt as much as it was by Kovalev. Mm. Mm. It's, it, a lot of interesting points there. Like, round seven particularly, that, that was as far, as far as Yard had ever been in his professional career. So that was always going to be a crucial juncture. We didn't know quite how crucial was he it was going to be. himself then as well? Probably. But he should have, like... What happens like, if he goes back to the corner in the seventh? He's had that great seventh round. He's starting to really put a dent into Kovalev with those body shots. Mm. He visibly doesn't like the body shots. Mm. He goes back to the Kevin round and Tunde doesn't say enter the tank. If Tunde says just keep doing what you're doing, take your time. You've still got another five or six rounds. Take your time. Walk him down, break him down methodically. Don't like. He probably would have won the fight. Yeah. He probably would have won the fight. It's funny, if you look at the scorecards, we always talk about Russia being so biased, like going back to the Rocky films, but he, like, those cards were fair. Like, if, if Yard had been nicking a couple of rounds, they would have given it to him, and it was the same on the undercard. The home fighter wasn't always getting easy rounds, so, like, you can, you can understand the whole we need a stoppage to win this fight, but I'm not sure. What did you think of his physique? Who are you? Yards. He's, he's quite big enough, like... People say, you know, he's muscle-bound or whatever. Like, you can say the same thing about Anthony Joshua, but surely that, if you're, that, if you have, I don't know. I just think that, I don't know if that's, like, it, that, those two things, that, like, because most boxers aren't that way, you know. Most boxers don't have muscles, and people look at the muscles and think, wow, like, he must be a great fighter, you know. But surely if you have more muscle, you can go for, you can do, you can punch and sustain Activity longer, you know what I mean. So I don't show. I, I don't know. I, I, don't I, I kind of people always, have genetic I have the impression you genetics. can gas out quicker, yeah. more muscular. And the only reason, like, but why should that I, be? I that? know from watching from watching MMA when they're putting in chokeholds that the guys with the big, big, muscly arms 
they can't hold in, in a chokehold as long because they're just sucking the oxygen out. We need to get somebody in here. I should really get and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because it doesn't really make sense. But but he was getting tired because he was punching hard all the time. You know, he wasn't like he wasn't where Kovalev was just pop 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 pop. You know, and he was just peppering away, peppering away, and then putting one or two stinging hard shots in there. Take a punch shots. as well, Laird. Yeah, but Yab was like loading up with every shot, swinging wildly with every shot, and that just drains your energy. Like you know, so quickly and so hard to recover from that kind of effort. You um, knew he was done at the end of the eighth when he had Kovalev in trouble. He took a swing by the and he fell in over the ropes. Kind of, I just knew it's like right, he's done. That's it. Like that's that's once Kovalev kind of composes himself, comes out for the ninth, he'd be he'd be fine. Yeah, the bodywork was really interesting because Andre Ward, obviously a different level entirely, but he laid the blueprint on how to beat Kovalev. He doesn't like it to the body, and Kovalev's a fast starter. He won the opening rounds against Ward both times, but like. I don't know. Kovalev has impressed me. Like a lot of people had the writing on the wall for him after the second Ward fight. Like he didn't have the stomach for it, and he left his coach, and that was a big deal. Even Alvarez, you know, yeah, lost Alvarez, came back, Alvarez. beat him in similar fashion, where he was ahead and stopped, and then came back, went back to his box, and and even the most interesting thing about that fight for me was when uh, McGurk told him to. Like, if you don't do anything in this round, I'm going to pull you out. He didn't go and try and hurt Yard. He just went back to his boxing again, dab, jab, double the jab. And, uh, like, it looks like Canelo for Kovalev now, which... Yeah. Uh, but you can see why Canelo wants to fight. He's looking at those body shots thinking... He, yeah. yeah, he like he was... You could just imagine what Canelo's going to do to his well, body. And, like, they're talking about November 1st or something like that, is it? Second. Second. So it's a quick turnaround. Um, but he likes that, though. Because Kovalev tends to party when he's out of yeah, camp. Yeah, it's, it's activity, and he will be, the, like, the sharper man, but it's also he's basically selling himself, isn't he? He's selling his title, he's cashing in, he's cashing in his chips. His retirement. Yeah, I know that. He's probably got more money than he, than he ha has to now, but this is a real bit of charity. The, the 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 I think it's 10 million they're talking about. Like, I heard even, like, as far as 20. Mm. They offered 10, he turned 10 down, so he's getting more than that. But, like, Yard incidentally... Does it, I don't know, if he goes and fights Canelo, it doesn't damage his reputation at all, does it no. really? You know, it's not like that. It's not like they're huge rivals and it, it's going to be remembered. Like, he's an old 36. He's obviously, he, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, will he be? He's won several titles, like, you know, he's been champion. He's a hundred, like, before that fight, he had 105 championships rounds. So he's... Well, like, Adonis Stephen was the lineal champion, and we know we hate that term, but, mm -hmm. like, Adonis Stephen wasn't the light heavyweight champion. It was Kovalev. His record would suggest, like, Stevenson hit a home run and didn't really fight anybody after that. Like, the Kovalev fight, granted, it was from both sides, didn't want to make it, but that was one that got away. And in that period, Kovalev was the one beating the, the top guys, and he was the light heavyweight champion for the best part of a decade. So on that basis, he's definitely going in the Hall of Fame. But now you look at the landscape of that division, and Yard is a common man, Buatzi's a common man, and then the other three champions are what Kovalev was when he fought Nathan Cleverly. Like, he got Paterbiev, uh, Voschik, and Bival. Yeah, and all three of them, he doesn't want anything to yeah, do with them. He don't wait around for those guys. So, like, Canelo's the obvious one, and Canelo's coming into his territory. It's not as if it's a catchweight or anything like that. Canelo's coming up. I just see it as a complete cash out, but he's he's entitled that he's entitled. I don't mind, you know. He d he is entitled. That. That's that's. So okay. you, don't, you don't give him any chance. I don't see him being competitive now against. Really? No, especially with the, his straight punching style, quite slow, and doesn't like body shots. Big puncher like, though. He's a thud and heavy puncher. Yeah, yeah. 
But Canelo will just simply walk him down, slip, 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 inside, bop, bop, bop. What point does that become just ridiculous, though? If Canelo moves up to light heavyweight and just bosses the light heavyweight of this era. I know, but it's picking... It's like, would, he, would he do it against those three guys who you mentioned earlier? No, no. It's so it's, 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 it's the right time, you know, it's the right person at the right time. And um, what do we think of Yard's potential now? Did we learn it's much? Interesting, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, like you, again, you mentioned those those other light heavyweight champions. Like he's gonna have to. That's that's. This was the guy to get, you know. And he just, I don't know. He took his time in that eighth round, and can sustain that till around like by round eleven, he definitely would have, might have had Kovalev the out there. Now it's gonna be uphill battle. It's gonna be tough. Tonday's getting a lot of stick. Do you think Yard should? I don't look know. elsewhere. Um, I actually like I like I like his positivity. I like his confidence. But he is a bluffer. I think you. I think he is a bluffer. Like he mentioned, he's he's like I was listening to him on the Bunce and um, Costello podcast. You listened to that interview he did? No. Uh, uh, just just out of interest, I'd recommend people have a listen to it. Like, but he's talking about he was working with different fighters, and then he went away and he read so much literature and studied. He was writing and reading every day, and uh, he came up with this system. And it's a nine-step system, and he calls it whatever, system nine or something like that. But he never actually elaborates on what the system is or how, like maybe he's keeping it for himself. But yeah, you have to give him, his, like you said, he took a kid from a bare novice and, and took him to a world title challenge, one that he almost won. So I don't know if it's warranted all that stick. No. But it's just that his personality doesn't, you know, when you're shouting off like that. It's like reminiscent of Chris Eubank. And yet he doesn't have the pedigree to back it up. Almost, yeah. I think people. And he did call out a lot of people, like uh, like Matt Macklin and Carl Frampton. Like yeah. he's just giving them needless stick online. So, but they were giving it to him, and he just like he doesn't care. And what what like like Yard is, is seems a very nice guy, like humble and and, and well adjusted. Like he's not going to devote himself to nobody. Like there's mm. not, he obviously sees value. Yeah. His, so look. It's, 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 I, I don't I don't mind that Tunday actually but it, will he have learned enough from that fight at the weekend to beat any of the other three champions or, or like even I know Josh Boazzi is fighting this weekend like he, would, he'd have a better chance surely against think, the, how would he do against Kovalev now go on what do you think, <laughs> I think he's, a, he's a better he's a better boxer I think then. I'd pick Boazzi to beat Kovalev he's a better boxer than Yard now after that tough fight maybe yeah I probably would because well the thing was with Boazzi Boazzi, he can, he just he's consistent, isn't he? You he's, know, had he's, consistent. In, he's had those interim fights. Not so much though. I wouldn't say that. Who's his best opponent? Like well, Conway. Yard's last opponent was Travis Reeves, and as much as I love Travis Reeves, that he's not like, great from Kovalev. No, Boazzi's the best, one of the best prospects coming out of England. And but him, I, don't, I think it's still an interesting fight with him and Yard. I don't think seeing it all but, being one way. Are they going to fight each other though? No, there's no need for them to fight each other. At this not, point, not not right now. No, but like, Yard's going to struggle to win a world title. I think just with that class of fighters, it's just unfortunate. Like he's good enough; to, he's a world class talent, and we're going to get to another guy who's in a similar boat, um, Luke Campbell, in a second. But any final thoughts on uh, Yard Kovalev? No, I, don't I just thought like. it was a it was a strange setting. Like it was in Russia. Oh yeah, and I thought when Yard was making his entrance, I thought like it'd be hostile. Wasn't at all. Even when they were singing "God Save the Queen," I thought that'll be hostile. Nothing. And then the Russian anthem, which I find it's the fake news, man. You believe it's the fake news about Russia? Russia's a nice. I place. wasn't at the World Cup. 
I'm not saying like it should be hostile though. It'd be like if if you were fighting someone in Ireland and I think from, they were just happy to have it there, weren't they? To right. have it like to host it. And yeah, I suppose, like it was it was a big night to them. do. But <laughs> I always find one thing about the the Russian anthem, and maybe it goes back to Rocky Four when you hear it. It's you know it's quite it's quite intimidating, but they chose not to play the music. It just went. They just started singing it, and I nearly have to watch this back because I can't believe. Like surely I was imagining this, but the the MC, he seemed to be singing the anthem. Like, could you imagine? Was he actually singing it into the microphone? Yeah. Now maybe it was a That's case of because I I don't speak Russian, but maybe he said now it's time to sing the anthem. He for all I know, because let's all sing together, and he just got into it so much because I was there. He hardly is double jobbing or. Whoever was hired to do the Russian anthem didn't turn up, so he's like, I got this. Because he didn't. He butchered it at the end. But then you start thinking, you wouldn't see Buffer doing that in Vegas or Jim Goodall and the, the Hunky Dory Nights singing Di- around. is going to sing the Ukrainian national anthem as well. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're looking at here? Maybe, yeah. But uh, that was just one little quirk of it. But, um, you no. get those things in places where they're not used to hosting boxing. But, yeah, but that's the colour, doesn't like it? They, they put on a good show, though. Like another, the fireworks were yeah. Another impressive. fight where it's like when it was made, I'm like, that's not going to happen, and it has happened. Like yeah. Fury Wilder, I was like, that's not going to happen, and it did. But apparently, like this is just like a side script to it that Yad was offered step aside money by Canelo, a million. Yeah, a million was pounds. it a million? Million pounds. Someone said he got offered the same money as he was going to get for the fight, so maybe it is a million. But so who's who's in the right here? Like, what was the right move? Was it to go and fight? Well, his, his stock has risen, but it was a punishing fight. He was in the fight for 60 seconds. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't say he took... I wouldn't say the punishment he took in the fight would have any lasting effect. It was more exhaustion, wasn't it? Yeah, like it, was it was a jab that knocked yeah. him over. Yeah, the it was exhausting. Like Gusto Wynn nearly would have knocked him over. He was that knackered at the end. But he, he'll get another big fight out of that performance, though. He's going to have to rebuild, I think. Learn, learn a few things. But he would have learned a lot from the fight, but... Like, where does he go? Who do you match him with? Again, like yeah. he, he hasn't even done British level yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Jose Burton, these kind of guys, he hasn't even fought them. Frank Billioni, a couple of years ago, he's gone now, but like that, those are the kind of guys he was being matched with. Those you know? wouldn't be bad fights for him as well to come back and yeah. prove he's a level above before going again. He needs to just keep keep busy because he, he probably hasn't been quite a bit of sparring. Yeah. Speaking of unusual sparring techniques, and we'll get into the thing that everyone wants us to talk about, Lomachenko Campbell, and Campbell was speaking to GQ. And I was telling Joe Malloy about this, he didn't believe me, but Campbell said he's been sparring three people at once for this fight, so what do you think of that, Andy? It's interesting. Is that true? Is, <laughs> is he just I, bullshitting? I'd say he's finally done it. Like, he's got some good, good sparring partners there. Josh Taylor, who else was in the camp with him? There was a couple of notable guys there who were sparring him. Um, Josh Taylor is definitely the one that's been flagged up. Yeah. Like, in terms of Southpaw sparring in Britain, that's as good as you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's still a different style from what he's facing, but the only similarities is the stance, you know. Mm. And that's the problem with anyone fighting Lomachenko is who do you get to spar to, to kind of mimic what he does? Because if you could mimic it, you'd do it yourself. You know, it wouldn't be, that would be your style. I think if if this is true, I'm just like guessing, yeah. but I presume it's like they're like positioned around the ring and every time he turns, there's a new threat. You know, that kind of way where like Lomachenko, you're trying to set yourself and he just leaps into a different... 
you have a different. Can I say that he fought for, like there's three lads in the ring at once? I don't think it's only because like WWE no. where they're like no, the I three of them are attacking him at one time. But I think it just he's, he's surely like, just means three. Like do one round, in comes the no, next. No, no, that's standard. But this, like, if you read the article, he means like three lads in the ring at the same time. <laughs> it's like a battle royale. Yeah, it would be an interesting thing to do though. What's you know, the most unorthodox thing stand? you've done in, in training? Mm. Anything like that? Nah. Anything where old school, where Adam or Manny said to you, "We're going to do this," and you were like, it "Seems a bit strange." No, not nothing. Not off the top of my head. I would have to think about it. I'll come back to it. But nothing off the top of my head. No. Yeah, it's funny. Like we talked about light touch training there with uh, Tundi, but like Lamachenko doesn't really pull himself through the the ringer in camp. Yeah, he's fought so much, and his dad basically says, "Listen." Get yourself in good cardiovascular condition here. We'll do a little bit of pads, but you don't have to be sparring. Like, who's he going to spar that's going to show him anything different? Like, he's boxed everybody. So, yeah, that like, and that's towards the end of my career. I would only have light sparring because I, you prove you how tough you are. You know, I would do maybe one or two twelve rounders just to get there, just to go through the motions of it. But nah, light sparring towards the end. But like a li- that, I would only recommend that for someone who's been through it all. Yeah, that kind yeah. of boy, not You'd off the bat. You'd learned from your sparring already. What? Yeah, and it's the same with Lomachenko. Like, who's he's? How many amateur fights did he have? Over three hundred or something. Yeah. And it's a, it is an interesting fight still, even though Campbell is an underdog. With his style, being so much taller and longer, um, he he will hold up. I think he'll hold up for a few rounds at least. You might see round eight or nine before you start to see him getting broken down. He might surprise us. You know, you never know, because he he is very tall. He kind of has that style where he oh, he's a big tall southpaw, and he'll just revert back to his amateur days where he'll use his legs. He's a stiff puncher, so he'll keep Lomachenko off balance. And this this is probably like a test of really how good Lomachenko is because this is not a guy who's going to sit in front of him. It's not a guy who's going to be at his same height, reach level. Like the size differences, when you see them face to face, you can, it's striking. Like, He's three it? inches taller and it looks more and six inch reach advantage, so that's, that's big. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it is an interesting one. Like, Is there any chance like, that Lomachenko... Like, he's not going to get complacent. He doesn't seem to do. No, it. I think I don't think it, like he seems to be well switched on for this one. I heard Shane McGuigan speaking about it that uh, he's starting to break down physically a little bit. Lomachenko, like yeah. he's picking up injuries. Which is always going to happen. Like it always, you just have to hope that you're getting him at the right time. Mm. That's what they have to hope for, you know. Yeah. Um, but Campbell isn't like Campbell. He's not the youngest, and he's had a tough, tough. He had a long amateur career. He's been around a long time, and he's had a tough pro career too. Um, so it's not like he's a young fresh guy coming into this either like and you talk to like he's been unfortunate not to have, have like he's probably good enough to win a world title but has always faced really good opposition at that level and here we are here he is yeah. again you know? <laughs> it doesn't get any easier does it you know? what's like not, not many people are giving him a chance so what's a good no one gave him a chance against Linares and he did very well in yeah. that fight but this is a completely different animal who's what's facing? a good outcome what's one where like okay sure the Campbell camp are going to tell you no we believe we can win and that's the the line that they have to give you because you can't turn around <coughs> going into a fight saying yeah we'd be doing well now to, to go a few rounds so but what is a good night's work for Campbell if he does lose like we all expect him to lose is it to go 
to eight or nine. I think he'd be at least trying to win. Like, I think he'd go the distance. distance. Yeah. Go the distance. Go the distance is a victory, a model victory, I think. Yeah. I think at home he's going to be. I real. think he's got a good chance that because Lomachenko's not a one big puncher. You know, he's not. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's a he'll pepper, 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 and he'll find a, find a hole like he'll. He tends to just break your heart. Mm. So, like whether Campbell can resist that and just dust himself down after each round, where you go back to your corner thinking I've just got slapped around for, for three minutes and I need to make sure it doesn't happen again. I was watching the gloves are off which was slightly different this time because uh, Lomachenko wouldn't be the most forthcoming English speaker so they did instead it was like a round table discussion similar to what you did with uh, oh, the middleweight boys. That was, I don't know, I didn't even watch, I didn't watch that thing, no, I didn't watch. Right, uh, so, well, what, I'll just sum it up for you. Who, who was in there? David Hay, Malinaji, Bellew. Crouch. And all four were asked how do you, if you were with Campbell, what would you tell him to do? And not, none of them could agree. Like, they all had different things. Jump on him early, uh, box late, like, stay off, uh, very low volume. So, what, like, if you're in his corner and you're getting into coaching now, Andy... He has to... Like, he Jacobs against Golovkin, I would say, look at how Jacobs fought. And that was, be mobile, keep your hands tight, move, 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 and pick your spots, and wait for him to slow down as well, because he will feel the pace eventually as well. Um, and come at, like, I don't know... High volume punch. Try and steal the rounds at the end. If he can keep it low volume, like for the first, you know, two and a half minutes of the round, then come on strong at the end of the round for the last 30 seconds. Try and steal the rounds. Try and frustrate him as well. Make it a boring fight that it's not a sensational fight. Like Lomachenko is going to want to impress and emulate Yusk and be, you know, a sensational guy from the Ukraine. Make it a boring fight if he can. Tie him up, rough him around, use your extra like your your physical prowess to to push him off and to you know stiff arm him and make it ugly even if he lands any kind of puncher gets close with the crowd are going to react as well mm. but you saw with Bellew against Usyk where the first couple of rounds it looked as if Bellew was getting his way That's and then same Usyk was just and like Kelbrook looking. you know Kelbrook against Golovkin those early rounds he was he was no, it looked like oh yeah she was hanging in there he hasn't some worried shots. he hasn't worried <laughs> and it might be the same in this yeah, it might be the same with this. That's why I think he probably does have to make an impression early, try and get Lomachenko's respect, respect on some level. On some level. And then, like, step off. So maybe the first round or two, be a bit aggressive and then sort of retreat and then press on again at the end. But If he comes out all guns blazing, it will be interesting. It will make, make for him a much more entertaining fight anyway. Yeah, it's, not yeah, really his, it's not really his game. No. So it would be... It's going to be some, some fire going to win, aren't you? I am, looking forward to it. As a fan, so uh, I'd be able to be utterly... It's a great card, by the way, which, we, which we'll get on to, but uh, like asking you, like it's almost like saying Messi's not great on his right foot, but like, is there anything in Lomachenko where you're like... It's, no, it's, it's, it's just, you can't see anybody doing anything, like exposing him so far. Like he has lost to Salido, and you've got some quotes from Salido. Oh yeah, Salido, right. He's some Salcido, choice, Salcido, choice yeah. uh, quotes from Salido because he doesn't actually reference the fact that he missed weight for this fight and was stripped of his titles because, look, on his record, he's the only person that's ever beaten Lomachenko great. in the professional game. And even the fight that uh, Lomachenko lost in amateur, he made up for it, like he got his revenge. So Salido's out there going, Fought him once, beat him. He said, to beat Lomachenko, you really need to press him. Take the fight to him and pound the body. You're not going to outbox him. It's all about roughing him up and making him feel uncomfortable in the ring. But And hitting him about 20 low yeah. blows. That was one of the things in that fight. The low blows were 
And he still, like, he, he eked it on a split decision. Yeah. And he was still carrying a good 15 pounds, at least 20 pounds on him. Yeah. In Lomachenko's second pro fight. Mm. But, like, Lomachenko, he's only fought 12 times as a pro, but, like, Gary Russell Jr., which at the time, if you watch it back, is in front of, like, a half-empty arena. Fight, yeah. But it's one of the, probably the highest level fights of yeah. recent times, just given the people involved. And, like, Pedraza gave him a little bit of trouble. And there might be some solace there for Campbell. Lenares had a little bit of success. Him. And Campbell can probably find that shot as well through the course of this fight. But it's it's great. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want Campbell to do well, but I still I love Lomachenko. So it's... Uh, be, I'd love to see you, Campbell. If you could get well. something similar to what you got with Bellew and Usyk, where the crowd really gets into it at the start and the home fighter puts in a brilliant show, but the technician comes out on top and everyone can kind of go home <laughs> happy where the, you know, the, the home fans are going, you know, Campbell gave it everything, but how good is Lomachenko and we were here to see him? Because it's a great opportunity. I'm sure you're looking forward to the fact that you're going to see him in the flesh and, you know, this is one of the, the most talented boxers you're, you're ever going to see. And I think even if he wasn't fighting Campbell, if he was fighting somebody that wasn't from Britain, he'd probably still sell out that arena mm. in London. Yeah, and we've said it before, it's probably the reason I'm going. It's probably the best fighter that's ever fought over here, like, in this part of the world. So, yeah, I am looking forward to it. For Luke Campbell's perspective, like, six years as a pro now, Britain's most decorated amateur ever, which, you know, if you take a minute to think about that and some of the people who've come through that rank, um, like, he's going to have to, if he doesn't win a world title, he will have underachieved and he's just come up against the, the stiffest of opposition and it's not as if the alternative was great either if it wasn't Lomachenko it was going to be Devin Haney and it's probably more solace in losing to Lomachenko than there would be to someone like Haney so hopefully he can at least put up a good performance keep his stock intact and get another shot uh, down the line elsewhere on the card Huey Fury against Povetkin Andy which is interesting fight well isn't matched it? Yeah, good yeah, fight. very good fight good, good interesting fight and Again, we've said it before, but respect to Huey Fury for a young guy going in there with all, like, he's fought Parker, he's fought Pulev now, and now he's going in there with Povekin. Um, interesting mix of styles. Obviously, Huey, up to this point, has always had this kind of laid-back defensive style, flicking, punching, and um, and obviously, Povekin is the complete opposite. He'll walk forward in a, in a crouch and try to swing punches and land over the top punches and hooks coming up. Uh, Peter Fury said that he's trying to make Huey more aggressive. He's trying to implement a more aggressive style. So how how will that translate in the fight? It'll be interesting. Yeah, because against Pulev, he got cut, and that almost forced him into action. Yeah, it was unlucky with it. That was not unlucky, but it was just an unfortunate the way the fight yeah. turned. And but it almost you know like often a fighter gets the cut and they think this could get stopped. They need to. Mm. get my skates on but that would be my frustration of watching Huey Fury at times where you think this guy's got some talent like he's still so young and he's fighting some some of the best and I don't think he's shown his best yet but no a win over someone like Povetkin though it's a big statement it is huge, yeah, yeah big statement like and you have to like that fight with Parker was nip and tuck you know what I mean so like there was an argument that he won it like he didn't look to me, he didn't look that good against Daniel Peter in his last fight. But I think that that was probably his first fight in a while, so it was good for him to get back out there after the Pulev fight and get get a bit get a shot this shot and so on. Probably a very good opponent to prepare for for, for Vekin. Um, but it will be a big 
Perkins obviously well past his best, has been lost a few Very times nice now, time. um, but still has a lot lot of his game, Olympic champion and like a European, won everything, world European and Olympic as an amateur, world champion as a professional. Um, so he still has a lot, a lot of grade. Um, he gave Joshua all he could handle that night. So yeah, Joshua had to make a big adjustment to get him out of there. Um, he lost the Klitschko. That's it. But yeah. the, like the only thing going against him now is his age, really. Mm. But here he's similarly like so young and like has that uh, grade where he's fought top opposition. And you look, he's got company now in that coming class of heavyweights. So it's not as if he's the hot prospect anymore. There are other guys there. So he has to make a statement one way or another. This it's, it's, just, it's funny. It's, it's a funny point because even though he's still young, because he's had these two losses against a top guy, you kind of don't think of him... It doesn't have that shine of a young guy who's coming up undefeated and exciting, you know what I mean? But he's probably... He's probably he's not probably, but you look at him compared to Dubois. Dubois has the hype now and this kind of momentum. But what Huey Fury's done at a similar age is... by like. No comparison. Yeah, there's no comparison to what what what, what Huey Fury's done. So we should be looking for Huey really to, to to be filling the void and to be the next one. But because he has those losses, just you know, how, on perception, how you perceive things that we're not. Mm. But like this is it. This is make or break. Really, I think it's make or break for for Huey even at a young age. Like if he if he doesn't be provoking. It's a long way back again, isn't it? Do you, you know I mean? Would he get a good domestic fight, though, against one of the, the prospects? He will, but does he want to? I, I, it's always hard to step down, back. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's first fight with Matchroom as well, and you normally get the welcome to Matchroom fight, <laughs> but he's gone for the for yeah. back I think that must have been part of the deal, you know, where yeah. you take the fight and come in. So, like, props to you, if you're, we've said it so many times over the years, but he's, he's jumping in the deep end again. Charlie Edwards also on that card defending his title and yeah, in his hometown. I haven't paid much attention to, to that fight. Um, but Charlie's a great little boxer, and um, yeah, he's really come on, come on well, hasn't he? You know, since he's lost lost his first title challenge, how he's built himself. Had some tough times being with Adam in, in the gym and not getting attention, um, but never give up hope or belief in himself. And I really, really like see him in the gym. He's an unbelievable worker. Like he works so so hard, very dedicated. And he's getting his rewards, so yeah. yeah, it's good for him. Good billing as well. It's a other world title fight on that card, so yeah, looking forward to that one. Joshua Boatu, we mentioned Joe Cordina. I know you were impressed with him last time you saw him out. So he's, yeah, he's not really talked about in the same breath no. as these guys. He's, he's still got a bit of bit to go, but yeah, he was impressive. Um, he fought when Josh Kelly fought, wasn't the last when he fought in England last. Yeah, he's he's a good kid. Tennyson's on the card. That's a late announcement, was it? That was only announced this week. Yeah. Mm. I hope he's been training for it because I think he's in with a tough, tough, that's a tough fight. Shafiq, yeah. I've seen Shafiq fight a few times. That's an eliminator, so he's uh, trying mm. to get himself back in the conversation. It's a fight probably he has to take, prove, prove that he's, like, domestically he's one of the best, but it's a tough fight because that kid's got a good style, he's, he's a spiteful puncher and he's got that awkward Ingle style. Um, so Tennyson's, I think Tennyson's going to have to do, the, do tough, the tough way again where he's going to have to walk through a bit of fire and hopefully... Get his man later on. He's got very little time to prepare for it, though, in terms of <coughs> yeah, the style. Unless they knew beforehand, it's been you know, unless they, the less they've known, and he's been training. Were. Yeah. Hopefully, he gets on TV as well. It might be touch and go. It mm. might be it might on, be on the Facebook or something. But it's a good fight. Yeah. And speaking of the Irish scene, just uh, the Europeans are ongoing at the moment. Um, we'll be able to recap that next week. But best of luck to all the girls over there. 
And on the pro side of things, John O'Carroll was back last weekend after his uh, impressive showing against Tevin Farmer and you know, just trying to get back in the saddle again, really. And, you know, grueling enough fight and wouldn't be the biggest puncher, Jono, so he's going to have those kind of fights against tough opposition. Mm. And so I think he's one of those guys who will fight to the level he's in with, you know, and he could have a tough fight with, with, any, with anybody mm. and he can give anybody a tough fight that kind of a way. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's good, good, good for him to get back out there. Niall Kennedy, uh, su- not surprising, like not a complete sh- su- surprise because... It was always going to be his stiffest test. Devin Vargas is a t- like a, is a talented guy. Um, but he, like he hasn't said this publicly, but I've been speaking to him, and I told him, I told him I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, he hurt his back during the week before week of the fight. Didn't train or do anything before the fight. Um, fell fine. Was getting physio. Fell fine. Go, goes into the ring. They announce his name. He bends down to touch his toes and gets a back spasm. As they call out his name, oh, can't move. He said I had to walk forward with my hands up, and then. He lost in the fifth round, fifth or sixth round. So it's tough for him because people don't see that side of things. You know what's going on. That's always the way. There's a story to every fight. You know why someone doesn't perform or does perform. And uh, it's amazing how you can go the whole week kind of nursing that problem, and then something so innocuous like bending down to touch your toes. Yeah, and one that's one of the like that's one of the most bizarre things. Not bizarre, but it is like. Is one of the most unfortunate things I've heard. Like, not quite the Carl Frampton ornament situation. No, no, but no, but like, but to be in the ring, actually, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For it to happen. It's not far off. And on the world scene, speaking of heavyweights, I don't know if you saw uh, Andy Ruiz's Instagram at his 30th birthday party there, but he was having a good time, and that fight's a little bit closer than he seems to think against Joshua, so uh, I hope it's not another Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran situation where he enjoys the... The fruits of victory too much, and then mm. so it's actually he is going to Saudi Arabia now. It's kind got, of been confirmed. I think yeah. they sweetened the deal a little bit for him, and he's he's happy to go now yeah. miraculously. So I don't know. I just think, as I said there, he might just enjoy being champion a little bit too much, and complacency might set in. But his style is always going to be a nightmare for Anthony Joshua, so that's not going to change. Yeah. Plus, if he gets in the ring and y- y- you suspect that maybe he's overdone the celebrations. We saw what happened the first time he got knocked down in his career. He came back and, and beat Joshua. So he has the fighter's instinct that if he's in trouble, he'll get up and just come out swinging. Yeah. Now, he mightn't get up this time, but it's, I can't wait for it because like, all the pressure is on Joshua. Mm. Like, if Joshua loses again... But that's why I think having it in Saudi Arabia is probably... That's probably the fact that the pressure's on Joshua plays into him to fight being in Saudi Arabia because he can go there there's no expectancy or impetus on him to entertain to have a, an engaging fight all he has to do is jab, jab, jab move the ring move around the ring grab and hold and win a boring point decision and people are going to be happy with it there in the venue and we'll be happy Andy because we don't have to get up at 4 in the morning to watch it it's nice. about 10 o'clock nice I wonder will Lennox Lewis who will he be supporting now <laughs> good they'll have to get him on the commentary team yeah, they will. Do. do you like WWE where he throws off the headset? And Fair play, he's, he's managed to stay relevant. Like, we, <laughs> like he, he always has done it. Every year there's a story about Lennox Lewis. Oh, he's, he's, like, up until recently, it was the almost, last undisputed heavyweight he champion back, in the world. Like, was he since, since Klitschko, before I, Klitschko? When like, I saw the quotes from Joshua, yeah. I thought it was one of those, you know the way you can see quotes put onto a picture and they're made up? Yeah. <laughs> because there's no way. There's no uh, way. Joshua said that about Lennox Lewis. I think 
for a while Lennox was able to say like threatened that he might come back but I think that's oh, that's too far fetched now so it's just more but like apparently Lennox tried to sign him out of the Olympics and that's where the little bit of bad blood okay. originates from but um, I think that's more Lennox handled it well I thought, he did didn't like, he? Yeah. he handled it well yeah. like and um, I don't know mad because like I still think with Joshua, I don't know. Like, I think that was a little bit of seeing behind the veil, you know, all these quotes of... Stay humble. Stay humble, stay happy, stay... You know, stay, like, even after that, kind of... Like, he said, yeah, Lennox is a clown. I don't I don't respect him. We're not coughing the same cloth. Then he said... Then he kind of got back into the machine. I like to let the younger people do it. I'm just here to sit back and let the younger people... You know? I don't know. Like, like, if he wins, know. does he go Donaghy and Joe Brawley after... What do you think about that, Lennox? If he if he gets the, if he has the belts in his hand after beating Ruiz, but so. well, Lennox didn't say anything, anything like. I think he was just an analysis. He was on analysis. What, what can you do? He's there to make you an opinion. He's a commentator. I think because he's uh, Mr. PBC, he works for Fox. That he's always kind of big enough, wilder in the boys. So I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. But as you said, was nothing. it that? Was it because he was saying stuff about McCracken? Possibly. Mm. There was talk of Lewis coming into the camp. Yeah, a couple of fights back to help him work on fighting bigger, but he hasn't. Uh, obviously, that's not going to come to fruition now. Uh, we're a bit tight on time here, but last bit of news and Lude better mention it when he was in that GGG Derevianchenko is set for the IBF title, and you know it's it's a more competitive fight than it would so be. So what on the undercard? Yeah, so and it looks good. Like we see, like Buddy McGrath's been getting a lot of like seems like he's in good hands anyway. Because Buddy McGrath, like obviously, came to the fruition with. Training Gaddy and transforming Toro Gaddy's style from being a slugger to a boxer, but then he he's, he's had as much he's had a few hit, hit and misses since then. Like that was a long time ago, and it's kind of been he's always been a presence in boxing mm-hmm. and trained champions. But but like you can see of late, like he's he's kind of proven himself, hasn't he? A little bit more once all over again with Kovalev coming back from defeat, and obviously the tragedy tragedy with. Uh, that is said that he has his fighters' well-being in, in mind, so it's a good, good place for Joe Ward to be. Yeah, and he was a great fighter in his own right, which often gets overlooked. Um, Phil, any last bits of news? No, I've got no, no other news for you. <laughs> <laughs> good quiet. to be back. In, this is, we're in season two of Off the Brawl. First episode of yeah. season two, yeah. yeah. It's good. What's the big cliffhanger? <laughs> To get him back next what was week. the cliffhanger at season, the end of season one? I don't know. I remember the debut episode was uh, Canelo against Golovkin, so that was uh, that was entertaining enough. So hopefully, hopefully this year is equally good. And um, so that's about our lot, lads. Thanks, thanks as always. Thanks. And, uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week.
Sunset. They are. 